Welcome to 420 and 3Xs. It's the Smoke Show Podcast. I'm your host, Smokey, bringing you the realest conversations that we source live from you, our fans and listeners. This Smoke Show is a collaboration of hard work, our tough conversations, and global support. I direct the boat while you, the listeners, lift our sails and choose our final destination. We like to get real. We like to be vulnerable. We like to talk about real situations and relatable problems, interesting topics, and things that aren't often on the table for general conversation. I hope that you'll join us either live on our YouTube stream or later on on your favorite podcast platform when you have the chance. Get all our information at our website, smokylive.com. But while you're here, why don't you roll one up, kick up your feet, take a deep breath. We've created a safe space where you can come, relax, get cozy, and really be yourself. Find a space where you can open your mind, share your heart, and get ready to dive deep. It's my hope that these conversations we share will help each of us to create a better relationship and connection with ourselves and with each other. So let's get ready for the topic of the week. Let's go! Welcome back. It's Smokey. I'm here with the whole stream, the whole smoke show, the collective. We're tuned in just like we are on all Thursday nights on Eastern Standard Time. We're hanging out live on Tumblr. This is our second stream here. The first one was a huge success. We've really liked moving over here. We've made a lot of friends. There's great interaction. It's a really good energy. We're really glad for the people who do show up and who show love. We have a really good time throughout the week dissecting each topic, and we kind of just chat it out and pull it apart. And then it's really nice on Thursdays to kind of come together and reevaluate it and represent it with everyone and see what we've come up with. This week, what we're talking about is the inner circle. So it's your close friend group, the people that you allow to be closest to you, that you're the most emotionally intimate with, that you share space with. They can be really supportive and helpful and... When they let you down, it could really be heartbreaking. So tonight we're going to talk about that. Who's your inner circle, how we regard them, and how we handle different situations. I hope you're ready for it. Let's go. Welcome back. Tonight we're talking about the inner circle. Our expectations for friendships and relationships definitely vary, depending on our individual needs and our personal experiences. Collectively, we've decided that the people we choose to surround ourselves with or spend the most time with can have a profound impact on our lives. In this episode, we'll explore the concept of defining friendships, the expectations we have for the relationships we form, and the role that our inner circle of our friends play in our lives. So first, let's define inner circle. If you guys want to chime in on stream, feel free. What the inner circle means to you, who may be in it, I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, What we've kind of come up with and what I've gathered is that our inner circle is really our close friends, and they're usually the people that we turn to for support advice, or companionship. These are the people who know us the best and who we trust enough to share our most intimate thoughts and feelings with. Irish Hippie says, keep the circle small. (laughs) Mikey says, I'm in his circle. Thank you, Mikey. I appreciate you. 
<laughs> this is my circle, Josh says, the red team. The red team is our team of moderators on stream. We are really close and they're really amazing people. I do want to shout out to them and just thank them for the safe space that they've helped create on stream for new friends, for vulnerable people, for all of us to just heal and grow together. It's a very supportive place. None of us are perfect. None of us are qualified to give any type of advice, but each one of these guys shows up and they have humongous hearts and zero judgment. That's all you can ask for, right? So these guys are amazing. If you're on stream, show them love at any time um, and always look to them. They're great for guidance. So, you know, thank you, Red Team. <laughs> but you're definitely my inner circle too. Chevy says, unfortunately, I don't have anyone in my circle. Totally fair. Completely fair. Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to even develop one. Yeah, inner circle can be interesting. Um, usually it's comprised of the people that we've known maybe the longest we kind of talked about, the people that we've known for a longer time, maybe we trust them or they've just been around longer. So, you know, I've known them since I was a kid or since college or whatever. Um, it could be someone who's proven that they're reliable or that they're loyal. It could have been something that, you know, you didn't really think was going to happen or somebody that you didn't really expect was going to show up for you. But when you needed it, they stepped up, they spoke up, they lent a hand, they, you know, gave a good word or a hug. They showed up and they proved that they were a loyal person or that they're reliable. They said they'd be there and they were the only one who was actually there. These are the type of people that we obviously want to bring closer to us. So they have a higher chance of moving into our inner circle. Um, we have... Right here, Josh says, being genuine and there for me counts. Just showing up, being authentic, you know, trust, loyalty, and communication, Chevy says. Totally. Um, someone you've been through a traumatic experience with could be someone that you keep in an inner circle. Unfortunately, we're in a time period right now in a day and age where there is more traumatic experiences that are more public and on a greater scale than there probably ever has been. With mass shootings, with all the wars happening, trauma is everywhere. And that's not even to talk about the private traumas, the silent ones that everybody endures. So when you've been side by side with someone who you've either shared a trauma experience with or they've been for you, been there for you while you're processing through a traumatic experience, there could be a bond that you form there. And this is called trauma bonds. It is a bond when you connect with someone. They could easily be a part of your inner circle because that person has an understanding of a situation that maybe no one else could. So that could be a reason we let someone in. We could also allow people in our inner circle who are our blood or family ties. Um, when I say blood or family, I do mean that they're different, yet the same. Our blood is the family that we haven't chosen, and our family can be the family that we have chosen. So whatever that means to you, but these people who are your family, who you feel connected to on a family level, well, oftentimes if you trust them, we'll have that, that kind of like leg up to get into the inner circle because they've known you forever, you know? Those you connect with, and then there's zero judgment with only open ears. Those are the people in your inner circle, Tumble in the Jungle says. Absolutely. Mike says, my friends have to accept me for me. Joe says they have to be your equals. These are all great points for who's going to be in your inner circle. And all of them really rely around the fact that there's no judgment. It's just acceptance. That's a lot of fun. 
to just be accepted with zero anxiety, like, that's amazing. And for some people, it requires a long relationship to feel that level of comfort. So it is someone that maybe a childhood friend or maybe a family member only. Um, totally understandable. Whatever brings you to that level of comfort or allows you to feel that way where you're just completely accepted, can be whoever you are, that's your people. That's your inner circle. Okay. Um, Chevy says it's great now that we have FaceTime because you can see if they're genuine and see if their emotions, if you're far away from your friends or loved ones. Yes, you could. Yes, it's a little easier with face. You know, some people need face. Some people can feel the feels just through the text. <laughs> it depends on any, you know, how you are individually. There are a lot of benefits to having an inner circle. And I think we all know that. Um, if you don't have an inner circle, then you understand how valuable it is because I've been in places of transition or self-isolation where I have lost an inner circle and realized it's truly like a, a, an aspect of like you, like it's a connection thing. It's your plug in to humanity is through an inner circle, through people you trust. If you don't have anyone that you trust, you feel very alone. It's very, very isolating, right? So you don't really accept yourself because no one else is really accepting you. It's just a very awkward place. So when you notice that you don't have one is when you realize how important it really is, um, how integral it really is into the human experience, I guess is how I would say it. Um, it is like an investment in humanity. Absolutely. It's total worthwhile, totally worthwhile, and it's complete acceptance. Yeah, the benefits of an inner circle are the feelings of support. You get a good sense of belonging. It's nice to not feel alone, like I said. You have support from other people. There's people around that you can turn to, bounce ideas off of, share exciting things with, and you just feel like, you know what? I'm not alone. There's someone else that's kind of like me that I can share my time with, right? You can feel understood a little bit better, I think, when you're in with an inner circle, a little bit more accepted, like I said. Um, for me, my inner circle oftentimes revolves around, like, who I smoke with. <laughs> this is not uncommon with smokers, like, you know, or anybody, you know, drinkers or whatever your hobby is. You know, hobbyists kind of go together. But, like, my inner circle, I'm the most real when I'm smoking my weed, Right? Not because of any reason besides it's grounding. It's from the earth. I'm relaxing. I'm present in that moment. And I'm chatting. So I'm doing all of the things that are helpful to connection and self-expression. Feeling calm, taking a moment to be present, and expressing how I feel in my thoughts with someone else. So for me, that's a green light. If I feel comfortable enough to share my circle with you, like my smoke circle, then you have a way better chance that you're going to be a part of my inner circle really quickly because that's where I feel most comfortable. I don't know if that makes sense to some people. I mean, you might have something else. You may be somebody who's mechanically inclined and you feel the most comfortable when you're wrenching on something. So the people that you're wrenching next to may become your closer friends, whether you work with them, work for them, or they're just really somebody who enjoys working on their vehicle with you or next to you on their vehicle, you know, whatever it is. So finding that sense of belonging and also knowing yourself what it is that you really like and you can accept yourself when you're around them. Security and comfort is the biggest part overall when it comes to your inner circle. Security meaning you feel safe. You feel safe on an emotional level. You feel safe on a mental level. You know these people aren't going to attack you. Now they're not perfect. We all understand the inner circle because all humans are not perfect. 
but like they're not coming for you. <laughs> Your inner circle is usually there more as a support system than an attack system. So that's the biggest part. You want to be able to feel safe. Not only do you want to be able to feel safe with being who you are, you want to feel comfortable being who you are, saying the things you need to say, expressing yourself in whatever way that is. So security and comfort overall are really the biggest benefits of your inner circle. You know, makes a lot of sense. All of these, however, all of these require trust. The inner circle is built upon one principle, and that's trust. Trust is one of those things that it takes a while to get, and it takes only a moment to lose, and then it may or may not regain. It's a really heavy thing. <laughs> so when it comes to the topic of trust, this inner circle is acting right. But there are some times that they don't. Now, we have expectations of a certain, a certain sense. Everybody's are maybe different. It may be different from a person to person or a group to group. But there's some unsaid expectations sometimes that come into certain relationships or interactions. I don't think all of them are unfair. And we did talk about expectations earlier this week. And I'm not a big fan of expectations. I think they're just setting people up. It's just, you know, setting yourself up for heartbreak. But also, as I've grown and learned a little bit more, I understand that expectations can also be very healthy. They are also a form of boundaries. It's your way of recognizing your personal boundaries or hopes without really taking ownership for them. You kind of push them onto someone else. So I would say it's a very immature, emotionally immature way or an earliest way of expressing boundaries or understanding where your boundaries lie. Um, expectations can be tough. We had a couple different feedbacks on this one. We have expectations lead to disappointment from Joe. <laughs> and she's right. Expectations can absolutely lead to disappointment. What we were saying is like they're silent expectations. They're expectations that you unknowingly place on someone else, whether it's an entity like a business or a company or a collective, like a church or a group, or just a partner or a friend, a family member. These expectations are often not these people's expectations, these entities' expectations, these groups' expectations. They're your expectations. So having them and silently having them, because maybe you haven't even spoken them outright immediately. You don't even know you have them, but you do. You have them, and by having them, all of a sudden, you're setting this up for failure, like we said, because they don't even know what's happening. So how are they supposed to succeed? This wasn't their choice. They're thinking about everything else that they care about, not about what you care about. So expectations can get really, really muddled and make relationships really murky. <laughs> Instead, we decided it's important to let people just show up how they are. Instead of having expectations, the ideal response is to let someone just show up however they are, whatever they need to do, let them be them. Pay attention to the way they act, to what their behaviors are saying, what their mouths are saying, what they're doing, and then we need to make personal adjustments accordingly, <laughs> okay? Because our inner circle can definitely let us down. You can totally let us down. And when that happens, what, have you ever had someone in your inner circle let you down? And if you did, did you cut them off? 
I want to know. Let me know in the chat because we talked about this. We did a poll on this and we found that it was like a 50-50 thing. 50-50. Some people said, if I am let down by someone in a very close relationship and they, I feel betrayed, I'm cutting it off. It's over. Then 50% said, I'll give them some more chances because I understand that there may be a situation. Okay, so this was like, this is a personality thing, definitely. This is going to be a preference thing, a person-to-person thing. Um, here we have one, two, three, four yeses of cutting someone off um, when they let you down or betrayed your trust. Mike says, yes, but I gave them another chance. Hippie says, yes, but also depends on how bad they've messed up, for sure. If I let someone else down and I support them cutting me off. Okay, you let someone else down and you support them cutting you off. Good for you. <laughs> At least you know what it is, right? In all fairness, um, it does really depend on the situation. Absolutely. But what I have noticed and from some of our responses and some other topics that we've talked about, it seems that some people have the idea that when a boundary is crossed, we need to immediately address it, confront it, or cut it off. That this act is a do or die. Now, this is something that actually precedes and is a psychological response from a very young age, and it's a survival instinct. If something hurts me, I will remove myself from it completely. That is the initial, a very basic level response. Now, obviously, there are some things that you shouldn't revisit. There are some things that you should leave where they lie. There are sometimes you need to cut off a toxic situation, um, but very rarely does it happen where it's like this. Usually there's a process in recognizing this toxicity. <laughs> but if we're just reacting to it because it hurt us so bad, so we need to cut it off and that's not going to happen again, more times than not, this is just an indication of an underdeveloped emotional response system. It's not knowing how to handle this at this point per se. So that's a knee-jerk reaction. It's like fight or flight, okay? We don't want to fight about it, so we're going to fly away from it. If you have the ability and you've kind of practiced maybe some of this or you've been in this experience, you will learn that your inner circle, in fact, is not a circle. It's not just a circle. It's, in fact, a sphere. The older you get, that circle becomes more dimensional. And you start to learn and value different aspects of this circle. And you're able to revere these relationships and this, these disappointments in a different way where it's no longer do or die, all or nothing, in or out, you love me, you don't. It's not like that. As you grow emotionally with experience, you begin to understand that there's a full spectrum of reasons why someone might not be able to show up for you in the way that you need. There may be a whole spectrum of reasons why they acted in a certain way that was offensive to you that had nothing to do with you. There may be a spectrum of it. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to tolerate it. What it does mean is you need to take notes and make adjustments. It doesn't mean it's all or nothing. So that's situation to situation, but that's where we're talking about. This inner circle actually evolves into a friendship sphere. The more self-aware you can become, the more aware and open-minded you can become about each situation and understand that you are, in fact, safe wherever you're at. You're safe. 
You're in control. If you're not safe and you're not in control, then I encourage you with every ounce of my body to seek help immediately. But most of us are lucky, blessed, privileged human beings who have the ability to come and go as we please. You can do that with relationships too. How many chances does one deserve? Hippie says. Here's what I say. It's not all or nothing. Let's go back to that. It's not how many chances. It's how far you put distance in between you. Okay? Difficulties. Let's just address the difficulties and then we'll talk about the spaces. So the difficulties like we're talking about that can create this divide. Let's identify some of them first. So close friendships can be very challenging at times. And as we grow and we change, our friendships may evolve. Right? They change. We change. We evolve. They have to change also. It can be difficult to navigate the changes. Not just personally. That's hard enough. But relationship dynamics are incredibly difficult to dynam- are incredibly difficult to navigate. Additionally, close friends can be emotionally taxing. The older we get, the more we want to be alone. It can be exhausting to spend your time with someone else. It can be a little bit draining. And we invest a lot of time and energy and emotion into all of these relationships. So we talked about disappointments that can kind of come up. Like in, with all of these in mind, keeping this in mind that some people can be draining, um, some people can cost you a lot of resources, sometimes you just don't want to. And we kind of divided it into minor disappointments and deal breakers. Now, obviously, there's a spectrum, we love to use this word, of situations in between these. But our disappointments, we defined as small, understandable letdowns, okay? So these are little things that might really wear on a relationship or friendship over time. This is something that may be annoying. How many chances do we get? If it's a small annoyance, you might get more chances, right, hippie? If it's a huge deal breaker, it might not be that many. So this is situational. To us, this is what we considered as a stream. We said being too busy. When a friend is consistently too busy, that can be annoying. Like, I'm just trying to chill with you. And you're busy every time. That's exhausting. Canceling plans. We've made the plan. I got the babysitter. We've done the things. Whatever it is, we've set this ahead in advance. And last minute, you cancel again. You've canceled the last six times. You just keep canceling. It's a small difficulty. It's a small disruptance. But a couple of them can be pretty aggravating. That's a big disappointment. A lot of little ones. Choose, when people choose other plans or friends over you, that can be annoying. That's a little bit more on that spectrum closer to the red flag deal breakers because it's like, I wanted to spend time with you and you told me you couldn't, but really you just chose to do this with someone else. That makes me feel really bad. That could be something that makes you considerate. Miscommunications, just constantly not having the time to communicate properly because it's so quick and on the fly. It's through text only. It's on messages or comments or, you know, just briefly. And you don't actually have the time to sit down and engage. So things are not coming across the way that they should. Miscommunications are definitely annoying. So is being a little too comfortable. The type of people or friends that you're friends with, but they just think they can show up at your house that they can just crash on your couch without any warning, that you will just do whatever, that you think it's okay to joke about the most inner insecurities that you have publicly, or they're just too comfortable. They're kicking their shoes off on your couch. You know, you're a little too comfortable. That can be annoying. 
that can really cause a little bit of disturbance in the force, right? <laughs> but on the other end, the deal breakers. So these are things that we're, we're looking at and saying, how many chances do I give? This is all going to be individual. I'm situation to situation. Now, if somebody's committing all these crimes, A through Z, repeatedly, like I'm not saying hang out with them. That's up to you, right? Like I'm not telling you to hang out with them or not to hang out with them. Um, but take it into consideration, case by case. A deal breaker would be being disregarded. So when you're disregarded by the other person, like you're trying to tell them a certain thing bothers you or that you really want to do a certain thing or this really matters to you or you've, you've told them this story the same they've asked you like six times and you keep answering and they're just not retaining the information. They don't care enough to pay attention that you're not going to be here on Tuesday. I've told you this for months. Why did you plan this on Tuesday? You're just completely disregarded. That could be a deal breaker. That's enough. You're disregarding my wishes. You're disrespecting, you know, my request for you to not come into my personal space or to not do this. You're still doing it. This is a deal breaker. Any type of cheating or infidelity, if it's a personal, close, intimate relationship. But cheating can also be in a sense that's like trying to cheat to get ahead, trying to win one over on me. Like you just tried to play me? I'm your friend kind of deal. That might be a deal breaker. I had this happen to me. When I left my children's father, um, I left really in quite a hurry and without really any of my belongings whatsoever. I packed my kids up. I packed up a few of my clothes and I left in the matter of like an hour. It was over. It was not a good situation. So we just needed to go separate ways. I had left most of my belongings. Within two weeks... One of my, what I would consider very close friends, who I'd still been in touch with, who I'd been seeing since I had left there, she came over to his house and cleared out all of the things that she wanted of mine. She had strollers. She had car seats. She had, I have a cricket machine. She took my cricket. She had um, my handmade baby bassinet that my cousin, who's like 80 years old, carved in wood, like for my children, she took all of these things. And I only knew because she had come to the tattoo shop I was working at to get a tattoo. I was hooking her up for it. And she had to put something in her car. So I helped walk her out. She, had, she was, you know, taped up. And she popped her trunk and I found all my stuff in there. That's cheating. <laughs> that was messed up. That was a deal breaker for me. Hell yeah, I got my stuff back. Actually, I told her she could keep everything, and then I ended up telling my mom and my grandma what happened, and my grandmother shook her down. My grandmother pulled up to this lady's house and got every single thing back. Like, she didn't argue with grandma. My grandma showed up and just gave it to me and was like, you do with this as you please. And I was like, whoa, don't mess with grams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. She owned that situation. But that's, a, that's an example of an inner circle member or somebody that I was still talking to, confiding in, who went completely up over my head and then took my stuff. That's so rude. You know, that's not something that I wanted to deal with. Um, so that could be like cheating outside of a romantic relationship. Just genuine inconsistency, unreliability. You're there, you help me, you're there for six weeks or six days or six hours and then you don't show up for months. You're somebody that I'm relying on 
You've become a part of my day-to-day, and you haven't given me any reason. You just stop. And then answer when you want to or don't. Inconsistency is disrespectful. It does not help. That's a deal breaker for a lot of us. We don't need that. Unreliability is super frustrating. I need help. I'm always helping you. So when I need your help right now, why are you so unreliable? Every time I need something from you or you're not here, any time that I actually need to call you or talk to you or do whatever it is that you say you're going to do and you just won't do it. I think our friendship is done here. (laughs) This doesn't work out. Another one is talking about me or talking about my life or mentioning my name behind my back in a way that you'd be embarrassed to do in front of my face. That's a deal breaker. We said talking behind our back, talking shit, being shady, deal breaker. That's not cool. Any one of these behaviors can impact any one of us in a different way. Some of it might not bother me at all, and I'll just roll my eyes and laugh, where it could completely incapacitate someone else. So really, there's no rule to this. It's totally something that you have to decide on. But let's get back to that idea that it's not all or nothing. It's not just a flat circle. It's not that 70s show with a couple friends around the table that you can bounce your ideas off of and hold hands with and sing Kumbaya. In fact, the older you get, the more multidimensional and multifaceted you become as a human being. So it only makes sense that the relationships that you have are also that way. So instead of being a flat table, suddenly we start to stretch and create this space like outer space, like a planetary space, a system where we can have different members in our group or in our sphere that we share with and interact with differently. That's okay. (laughs) We had someone say something really cool. Leo, who comes in here, he said, you just need to place people in spots in your life where their personal shortcomings don't bother you in a personal way. When expectations exceed appreciation, things fall apart. And I thought that was really deep. So I'm going to read it again. I'll go slow. You just need to place people in spots in your life where their personal shortcomings don't bother you in a personal way. When your expectations exceed your appreciation, things will fall apart. So really what it's saying, what he was saying in short is people aren't going to always measure up. And when you were in high school or junior high or sitting around your family's dinner table at Thanksgiving, you had a very clean-cut idea of the people that you could trust, you thought. When you were there, you knew a lot more than you knew now, right? (laughs) The older we get, the less we know. But we start to see people for who they are. And we start to be able to value them for what they're valuable for. For instance, I have some friends that I know I can truly rely on. That I can talk to you about anything that will accept me no matter what. That I can throw some real abstract and deep thoughts at. Who can pick it apart and hold me down. There are people that I will sit up with late at night staring at the stars talking about the universe. And I expect that from our interactions. But those same people are not the same people that I'm looking to meet up with and go to dinner with. Or say, work on my podcast with or go for a hike. They may be different. They might bail on all of those things, but they're down for a late night s'mores and starry-eyed conversations. The same people that I will talk to about business, who have great financial advice, who are absolute mentors, who 
I admire and revere are not the same people that I'm going to go hang out with on a Saturday night to blow off steam. They're just not. But I would consider these people part of my inner circle. Now, by older terms, by younger terms, by when I had a circle and I was less emotionally developed, I couldn't see the value in each person and let them show up as they were. So it was either all or nothing. But as we evolve, we have less tolerance for certain things and more understanding for others. And that will vary from person to person. So what can we do to actually reinforce this ecosphere of friendship is really what it comes down to. Number one, set silent boundaries. Silent ones. It can be very tempting to state your boundaries. We're all in a boundary society right now. Set your boundaries. Know your limits. Announce your boundaries. Speak your truth. I mean, yeah, go off, sis. (laughs) Or you can just know what you're not going to put up with. You can just know what it is. And when that happens, when someone shows up and passes that boundary or asserts themselves in a way that you're not comfortable with, you actually don't have to attack. (laughs) You don't even need to tell them. If you feel that you need to, if it will make you feel better as a person, go ahead. Let them know. Let them know what it was. Let them know how it affected you. But it's not necessary. You don't have to get loud. The main part when someone crosses your boundary, is it's upsetting enough? So your first response should be to protect your peace. So number one, set silent boundaries. Number two, protect your peace. That's it. You got to protect your peace, whatever that means to you. Number three, let the person show up and act how they'll act. Let them show up. Let them show you who they are. Listen more than you speak when they're showing up. Seeing what's going on, not just loving them because you've known them forever or not just saying, okay, they're cool and they've done all these great things and being starry-eyed and starstruck, like letting people actually show you who they are. If you sit and listen, people are going to talk. They want to connect. They want to be validated. They want to be approved by someone else, right? That's how we all are. That's what humans do. It's weird, but it's true. So when people show up, sit and listen. Let them show up. They'll tell you all about themselves. You don't have to have any opinions at first, but just let them show up. Evaluate the situation once they're doing this, once you're listening. And ask yourself or consider certain aspects, like what actually just happened here? (laughs) Did they show respect to the people that I would hope they would. How did they treat so-and-so? What did it look like when they responded or reacted this way? So what happened? What was the situation that I just was a part of? How do I feel about it? Did they just completely cross that boundary? Did they ignore what I just said completely? Is that really what just happened? And I feel some kind of way. What do I wish happened instead? Now, all this stuff can happen silently. Nothing has to happen in a confrontational way. Because if you confront people without considering these things first, you don't even know what you're fighting about. You don't even know. You're just mad. You're just big mad. You're wasting time. You're getting loud. Nobody cares. You're not going to win anybody over with that. But if you can sit and you can say, what the heck just happened? How do I feel about this? And what do I wish happened instead? You have a lot of grounds for successful communication 
or the ability to just walk away from this now. You can make a decision after asking these questions. That's the final step. You need to adjust their position in your sphere. That's all that needs to happen. They don't. If they need to be kicked out because they did something super vile and offensive and you can't stand for it, then kick them out of your sphere. But if they were here and they just did something crazy that you're questioning now and you just seen them do something to someone that you trust, you might not keep them here. They might move out here. We're not going to tell them that they're removed from the circle. There's no need. It doesn't benefit them. It doesn't benefit us. We're clearly in a different position or place. There's no sense in trying to communicate or correct them. Like, it's okay. Do you. That's fine. But I'm going to place some distance in between us without saying it. I'm just going to allow there to be a little bit more safe space, a little breaking distance in case something goes off. Adjust their position in your sphere. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It just needs to be a strategic movement. Somewhere. We're playing chess here. Not everyone deserves your energy or your resources. Not every person needs to know everything about you. Super important. This is another part of emotional maturity. To reveal certain things about you or overshare what's going on with your life, your struggles, your what, to strangers, to people you're just meeting, this is a sign of emotional underdevelopment. It's the way we're connecting. If you're connecting out of sadness, sympathy, feel bad for me, this is a lack of emotional development. Um, so these things are normal starting places. If you still find yourself here, if that's the way that you really initiate conversations is about yourself, about your struggles, about commiseration, these are things that we learn from a very young age. We may not have evolved past that, and that's okay. What you can do past here is continue to feel, continue to learn, and try to understand that not everyone gets a big part of you. When you're a kid, when you're younger, you want to give it all. You want to do your best. When you're older, it's important to protect your peace. It's important to share with people who you know you trust and not overshare because not everybody needs to know. When you feel comfortable, then go ahead and bring them closer. But people shouldn't start here and then get pushed out or you're going to constantly send people flying and you're never going to have anyone near you. There will never be someone that you can trust because they've, you've pulled them in immediately when you felt good. Instead of letting it draw healthy, instead of letting it happen, people should start out here with relationships and move into your sphere, into your inner circle, not start there and get kicked out. So quick instant friends, things like that, go slow to build. You've got to have that trust factor. Trust doesn't happen overnight, right? While it can be tempting to confront friends who disappoint or offend us, it's important to remember that not every issue needs to be addressed heads on. Sometimes enforcing healthy boundaries can be achieved by creating distance rather than disruption. It's not worth the fight. It's just going to hurt them and stress me out and affect all of our friends. So I'm just going to create some distance here. If they come to me, if they want to discuss it, then I know they're open to it and we can have a discussion. Otherwise, we'll just let this lie and I'm going to for consideration and personal safety, take a step backwards. Taking a step back from the friendship completely as a friendship and maybe seeing them as a peer sometimes is necessary. We don't want to burn bridges sometimes. It's not really like that. But if you've really upset me, I'm going to take a step back and put this friendship kind of on chill for a little bit. And I don't think that's a bad thing. We can revisit those things if we need to. 
um, or if we want to in the future. But to put something that's not right for you on the shelf is a really wise decision sometimes. We need to focus on other areas of our lives. If you find that you're removing someone or something from your sphere or your inner circle and they're expanding out and it feels really crappy, way to really fill that space or to make up for that compensate is to do things you love. Put more of that into your life. Invest more. Lean into that. Focus on the areas of your life you really enjoy. Spend time with people that make you feel good. Whether it's family, it could be even animals, friends, a significant other. Spend time with people that make you feel appreciated. Because the more you feel appreciated, the more comfortable you feel and the more yourself you can be. So hang out with a different member of your inner circle or start to build a new one. By doing all of these things, we're not only taking care of ourselves, but we're also giving our friends the space that they need to grow and to change. And truly, when a relationship becomes overbearing or you're too on top of each other or you've gotten too close or too upset, the best thing you need to do is space. Time and space are the best medicine we decided to allow anyone to change or to find themselves or to heal. Ultimately, it's really up to each of us to decide what we're willing to do what we're willing to tolerate in our friendships, and to set the boundaries accordingly. So your inner circle is in fact a lot more dynamic than we think. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. This was an exciting topic and podcast discussion as always throughout the week. I really appreciate everyone's input and I can't thank you enough for your support. I really just want to thank you guys and let you know that if you are feeling like you are lacking an inner circle, if you don't have a safe place or a place to feel accepted, we have worked super hard to make sure that the smoke show is a place where you can feel that way. I know we're just in a small area carving out in the corner of the internet, but we are here and we're willing to hang out with you. Come as you are. Come with all the vibes you have. Feel all the feels. Just don't pass on the icky ones to us and we'll try to lift you up. We're here to connect and everyone really needs a place where they can feel like they can be themselves. So we invite you to join us throughout the week and especially on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in and joining us for the Smoke Show podcast. Super grateful for another episode and for each one of you, not only the current listeners, but the people who come in on stream, who bring their ideas, their stories, their insight, the people who check in and encourage each other between episodes, and for my moderator team, who keeps us a safe space when we're recording and keeps the show running long after the cameras are off. It's my hope that you guys can take a little something from this, reach out, interact, and build better connections with yourselves and each other. You guys are the realist and the reason that I'm doing this. And I assure you that I am learning far more from you than you are from me. So your knowledge and your presence is invaluable. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you have hit the favorites. Save us so that you can come back and revisit or come and see and check out future episodes. If you'd like to join us live on stream, join us on YouTube or on my other streaming platforms each week. You can find the details at smokylive.com. S-M-O-K-E-Y-L-I-V-E.com. 
find me there and you can ask me direct questions. You can find our Instagram updates on the latest contests, the news, and upcoming episodes. Thanks again, guys. Until next week. 